Well, good evening and praise the Lord, everybody. I am so delighted to be here this evening. God is so faithful. He has been and continues to be each and every day so faithful, so faithful. We are indeed blessed to be in the land of the living with everything that is going on. We are here. We're pressing every day. We're doing what we need to do. And tonight, we just want to talk with you for a little bit about the man in the mirror, the man in the mirror. Uh, sometimes when you look into a mirror, you might even ask yourself, who is that looking back at me? Do I know who's looking back at me? Now, I know that may sound a little um, odd to say, do you know who's looking back at you? But there's more going on within us than outside of us. But with all that has been going on, it's easy to find yourself being so taken with everything that's going on outside of you that you might forget to check how things are going on the inside of you, which is how you learn to deal with everything around you. Well, tonight we're going to delve into that just a little bit, and we're going to look at a couple of scriptures tonight. First of all, let me pause before we even get started, and I want to pay my homage and respect to the best pastors on the face of the planet in the persons of Dr. Bishop James F. Harris and Lady Sylvia Harris, and just give God praise for truly being true to his word when he said that he would give us pastors after his own heart. God has been faithful to redeem. He has truly been faithful to us. We love you, Bishop and Lady. Thank you for the opportunity to serve and to minister to this great people. Let's start with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you, God, because this is another day that you have made, and we choose, because it is a choice, to rejoice and be glad in you. We thank you for all that you have brought us through today. We thank you for the ways that you've made, for the things that you have done. God, whether we expected it or not, you have shown yourself to be mighty. You are good at what you do. And we just bless you for the opportunity to know you, to know you as Lord and Savior, and to be able to rise each day with an expectation to know that you are concerned and have everything well in hand. And we just give you praise and glory. Tonight, as we go into your word, we pray that it will find those that need to hear the word that will encourage their heart, that it will strengthen them, that it will bring to mind those things that will stabilize them and help us to walk in the light that you provide for us. So, Father, we give you praise. Bless now your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Again, we're going to be talking about the man in the mirror. The man in the mirror. And I started tonight by just asking, have you ever just stopped to gaze in a mirror? We typically stop just for a moment to see if everything is in place. But a mirror not only shows you how you are on the outside, you want that mirror to actually reflect, give us the reflection. It's different than looking in a glass. So let's go into the word. 
James, the book of James, chapter one, and we're looking at verses 22 through 25. And the word of God reads, says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholds himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Let me just read it in the message translation. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but letting the word go in the ear in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in a mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are, what they look like. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it, is no distracted scatterbrain, but a man or woman of action. That person will find delight and affirmation in the action. We spend a good portion of the majority of our lives, and I'm just gonna share with you this evening, I'm gonna share some of my journal with you this evening. We spend a good portion of our lives, or the majority of our lives, searching for a specific purpose to fulfill for the, and for the remainder of the days on this planet, we finally find or discover one specific thing that others affirm that we do well and we, we then or afterwards deem this or that as my purpose. The truth of the matter is that it's not what we do specifically just in and of itself, but it's how we do whatever it is we choose or elect to do. The scriptures declare in Ecclesiastes 9 and 10, it says, whatsoever thy hands find to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. We were created by the only true and living God that did so much more than just create man and afterwards called what he created good. I ask a question, why do we limit ourselves to one task, one deed, act, or even an invention, and then say that this or that was all that we were created to do? The scriptures declare that all things were made by God and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The scriptures also declare that as he is in heaven, so are we in the earth. Now, we know the account of scripture in Genesis. God created everything in six days that we know and anything, including us. And then he then rested on the seventh day 
to show us by example that rest is necessary. What would happen, take a trip with me, what would happen if man put more effort and energy into being more like God than comparing himself to other men, just to say, well, I'm successful if I achieve this, or I'm successful if I do this. I'm prosperous if I have this. If you think about it, for as long as man has occupied the earth that our God created in six days, we are still discovering all of the amazing things that God has created in six days. Now, let's let's go back. I want to take a trip here. We're going to talk about, let's go back to the beginning. The scriptures declare that after God created man and placed him in the garden, man was in the garden and on one occasion, Genesis 3, chapter 1 through verses 1 through 7 reads on this wise. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it. Yes, ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together just to cover themselves. Now, I went back to this account because it is interesting that Satan would approach, that Satan approached the woman and asked, yes, has God said, or did, didn't God say this? And I want to talk this evening We have to really not just be hearers of the word, but have the intent on performing the word, doing the word. The enemy comes in sometimes just to suggest, to see if you're open to a suggestion. The subtopic tonight is get in line, get in a line, me, myself, and I. We tend to put more emphasis on trying to be all that someone says they think we should be. We strive, we set goals, and sometimes we tend to set those goals in accordance with what other people have set, or maybe to accomplish the same things that they may have accomplished. And the scripture says, but comparing themselves with themselves, professing to be wise, people end up fools because they chase after things without really seeking the face of God, without asking God, is this what you would have me to do? So we find the account here tonight where Satan approached the woman 
and he suggested, you know, like he was going to go along with the truth. Had God said, yes, had he said, has he said this? And the woman answered, but she, she not only answered, but she added just a little bit more than what God had said. God said that they should not eat of it, but she added that, well, we can't touch it either, lest ye die. What I'm saying is sometimes the enemy will come at us in a way to suggest or to see if we were really listening to God when he gave instruction. And sometimes we pay attention and sometimes it's like the scripture says, we cannot afford to let the word go in one ear and come out of the other, being a forgetful hearer. We must listen to the word of God with the intent on doing the word, with the intent on taking some action. Now, the scriptures declare that it is God that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God does have plans for us. He says, I know my thoughts towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, thoughts to give you an expected end. He wants to give us something to look forward to, a hope and the future. So if you look at the setup that God had placed man in the garden, gave him everything that he needed, and then here comes the enemy. The enemy comes along and, and as we have heard our bishop say, the enemy comes along to suggest that God is holding out on you. Now, if you look at what all that God had created and given man in the garden, he had everything that he needed. They had everything that he needed, but the enemy suggests, and that's how he starts things. We, when we keep things in perspective as to how things work, when it comes to the enemy, he can only suggest he has no power over us. When the second man, Adam, first man, Adam sinned and cast all of us, because if you look at what happened, he first asked the woman, did God, God say this? And the woman answered. Uh, eventually, we know the story how the woman took the fruit and she ate the fruit and then she gave it to her husband and Adam ate the fruit. Now you notice nothing happened when the woman by herself ate the fruit. When Adam ate the fruit, the scripture says that both of their eyes were open and they realized some, they started realizing some things. The first thing that they realized was that they were naked, okay? And that's where we come to the mirror looking at yourself in the mirror, nothing is hidden. Everything is there. So if you tend to look at this, so Satan tricks man into thinking that God is holding out on him. Man falls for the trick. But if you notice, nothing happened until Adam ate the fruit. Now in life, people tend to want to blame people for things that they are in themselves responsible for. But they tend to blame others because they don't want to be held accountable. But the word of God tells us that uh, sin entered into the world by one man, and that man was Adam. So we have to accept responsibility for the choices that we make. If you look back in scripture, even when Eve gave to Adam, 
there is no record or the scripture does not record that Adam even paused or stopped and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, we should not be doing this. Or where did that come from? It would almost suggest that Adam just went along with it. And nowadays we cannot just afford to go with the flow. We have to, and we cannot afford just to be reactive. We tend to just react. Somebody say something, do something, and then we react rather than be conscious of what's going on, but then take time to prayerfully process what's happening and then come up with a response. Say, God, I need you to lead me to help me to know how to respond to a given situation. God is so concerned about everything that we do, even on our jobs and in our homes. I want to share this with you. Um, I have been working on a project at work, ran into some, uh, I just told God that, Lord, I'm going to do what I know to do, do what I was brought here to do, and I'm going to do it as best I can. And I'm just going to give you and acknowledge you for the direction and for you to lead me. So I'm doing what I do and a end up getting a little conflict and I'm saying, well, God, I'm still going to trust you. I'm still going to trust you. So I did what I could do to the extent and God shows up in a way that just blew my mind. I was leaving the building and there are over 4,000 people employed with the city of Richmond, 4,000 people. Now I'm leaving work and there are some questions that I have about the project. And I want to make sure that I do what I need to do. So there's some questions that I have about the project. So I go and I'm finishing up my day, closing everything down. I grab my bag and I'm heading down. I decide, well, let me drop one thing off before I get, before I go downstairs. So I, I drop the thing off, the, the one thing for the end user. And then I head on downstairs and I get to come out of the, one side of the office and I go to the other and there's a gentleman coming towards me, have no idea who he is. But it's interesting to know just how God will orchestrate things to let you know that he has you. I got you. Uh, but sometimes we don't realize just how intricately God is involved and willing to be involved in our day. So I approach the gentleman. We speak to each other he begins to talk to someone else about something he was working on. And out of 4,000 or more people that are employed, what are the odds that I would meet the newest guy that was hired for the project to get things done? Just met him, had no idea who he was. He just came on board five months ago and he is heading up the project and God allowed me to meet him in the elevator going down. So I ride down with him because I got a couple of questions that I want to pose. He says, man, no problem. Give me your number here. Take my number. Call me with any questions that you have for the project. Now, some people might say, well, that was coincidence. No, that wasn't coincidence. That was God orchestrating something. God is concerned because we represent him. We are his ambassadors. So we represent him on the job, in the school, wherever you are, we are representatives of God. So it is important that we have things within ourselves lined up. We need to know 
we tend to hear me, myself, and I, and that usually has more of a negative connotation to it than it does positive. But the word of God looks within, it actually, the scripture says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, dividing to that of soul and spirit. It even, it even breaks down to the joints and the marrow, but it shows and reveals what's in the heart. The thoughts and the intents is what the word of God reveals. So when you, when you look at it, as we look into the word of God and we open ourselves up to the word, God begins to do something within us that helps to make us instrumental in winning others. He lines us up with his word and then we come in line with his purpose the scripture says that if we would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that all these things, what things, the things that we are working for, the things that we are after, all these things will be added unto us if we seek the kingdom first. So I encourage you, I encourage you that as we gaze and look into the word, don't just be someone that hears and then forget what you hear. That's why we encourage that people take notes when you when you when we do it in school we take notes so that we can recall what we were taught the same thing with the word i will not give more credence to anything written by man more than i give it to something inspired and written by the hand of god i encourage you god has great things in store for us the more that we come in line with him in this hour Everything has been orchestrated. God, as I often say, is never taken by surprise by anything that happens, whether it's during the course of a day, a week, or a year. The scripture says that he stands at the beginning and he can declare the end because he knows all, he sees all. He is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. When we allow God to draw us into him and we take heed to what the, inst the instruction that he gives us. The Bible says that God will even give us instruction as we lay down. And when we wake up in the morning, that instruction will be there. I implore you as the days go on, it is more and more important that we have an ear to hear what God is saying to us and that we not be more in tune to what's going on around us. I tend to, just like on a day-to-day, -day, we tend to look at the news just to find out what may be going on. But sometimes we tend to plug into more of what's going on around us and we become inundated with a flow of, of news and everything that's going on. And you have to ask yourself, what purpose does it actually serve? A lot of times things serve to be a distraction to keep you from that, which is more important. So I encourage you, I encourage you to continue to seek God first, whether it's on the job, wherever you are, seek God first, seek to know what his will is, and then he will cause all things to work together for your good. God is well well associated or well informed about what's going on with you. He is intricately involved and he will be as involved as you allow him to be.
it is true that he knows all, sees all, but God gave us a free will to choose. The thing that makes our relationship so important or so valuable is that God did not force us. He gave us a choice to choose him. It's just like being in a natural relationship. Would you want to be in a relationship with anyone that that was you were forced to be in a relationship or you felt you had no choice? I don't think so. God gives us a choice. He even says, choose ye this day who you're going to serve. So we have choices to make. And because we have choices to make, and now the day that we live in, the days that we live in now have begun to be more and more evil. You know, we are, we're seeing some change, but we're also seeing um, some things unveiled. And it makes you scratch your head when you look at the news and you see some of the things that people do or are doing. But I encourage you to know that God is not going to let his own be taken advantage of. God, when we trust him, when we look to him, when we seek him, then he's able to give us the direction that we need. I wanted to share something with you again. Out of all the things that God has created, let me give an example. Do we, do we honestly look to God and trust him to meet all of our needs? If you knew a billionaire, if you knew someone that was wealthy, would you walk up to this person knowing that they are wealthy and ask to borrow a dollar? One dollar. Would you ask to borrow a dollar in light of all that they have? It would almost be an insult to ask someone that has so much to think that they would only be able to give you a dollar. So that's, that's interesting to think about, but look at how we do God. Look at how we approach him. All that God has provided for us and all that he gives for us, do we actually lock into what he has prescribed for our life? Do we actually line up with him? Do we actually seek him? I'm finding it more and more each day that as I get up in the morning, it is, it is vitally important to seek God. Pause before you get started because you don't know necessarily what that day is going to bring. We hope that it brings for the best, but you never know what the day may bring. But if we seek God and we say, God, I'm looking for you to direct me. I need your direction, your guidance, your instruction. God, I even pray for provision for this day. The scripture says that we ask him, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Give me what I need to make it through the day. One thing that I constantly say when I pray in the morning is that, God, I thank you for your power, your presence, your provision already for this day, because you know well what I need. No matter what the enemy tries to do, no matter what he tries to orchestrate, if you will, the scripture says that no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Even those that would rise against you in judgment, the scripture says that we will condemn because it's our heritage. 
And don't get it twisted. We have no righteousness of our own. The scripture even says that our righteousness in the sight of God is as filthy rags. But we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So God has plans for us. Even in the face of what we're dealing with, with the pandemic, can you believe that a year has already passed? But look at where we are. God has proven himself and continues to prove himself faithful. He is faithful and he has promised. And what God has promised, I encourage you, he is going to do. He is well able to do and exceed what we can ask or think. He's able to do according to all, above all that we can ask or think. And it's according to the power that works in you. It works in us. It works in us. That's why it is so important to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You're not smart enough. Your education is not enough. Your wit is not enough. Your intellect is not enough. The scripture says that they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. They that know their God. How do we get to know God? We get to know him through experience. The one, the one writer says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed where? In us, in you. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for you. He has a plan for you. All of us are included in the will of God when we choose to walk according to his word, when we choose to walk according to his will. Out of all that God has created, us included, and man has been on the planet for the length of time that he has, we are still discovering things every day. It just goes to show how great God is and how meticulous he is in his creation. We are still learning about things. Some things we probably won't find out until we get to glory just because of how awesome God is. We are, I am awestruck because of all that he is doing and has done. On any given day, I find myself just in awe of what God is doing, has done, and even what he asked of us to do. I am awestruck. He is just that kind of God. But I want to encourage you, out of all of the things that God has provided for you in his provision, the scripture says that we are created in his image. It is interesting to know that being created in the image of God, how we tend to limit ourselves to only the accomplishment that we measure of other people. Instead of looking and locking into God and saying, God, I believe that you are so unique that you're able to give me something that's unique and I don't have to be 
a carbon copy. I can be uniquely who you created me to be. I can possess and accomplish more than just one thing. I don't believe that God placed us on the planet to be a one trick pony known for doing one particular thing. God is multifaceted. He is multifaceted and we are created in his image. So I encourage you, don't limit yourself. As you come in line with God, don't limit yourself to one task, not even how a specific thing might be done. God, I know the scripture says that there is nothing new under the sun, but I think it's because man limit, we limit ourselves to a set thing that we are successful if we get to this point, or if we have this, then we are set, or if we accomplish this, then, but who's to say that you are to measure yourself by anyone else? Won't you allow God to do something new? He says, I will do a new thing. And I encourage you, let's believe God for the new thing. And I just want to end with the word of prayer this evening. Just believe God that on this week, on for the remainder of this week, that you're going to be open to the opportunity of what God is able to do. So, Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for even the opportunity to share in your word. And Father, we pray now in the name of Jesus that you will cause us to come in line with your word, come in line with your will and that which you desire to accomplish in us. So Father, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that you will cause us to have a even greater hunger and thirst for righteousness, that you would cause us to seek you early while you may be found. So Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would open us to everything that you have freely given to us. Help us to put to use and put to work everything that you have planted within us. Father, help us to seek you for great things, for great results, for the saving of souls, for the delivering of hearts, God, for the healing of bodies, for the clearing of minds, God. We pray in the name of Jesus that you would meet every need, everyone under the sound of my voice, even those that may have been stricken with COVID, God. You are the balm in Gilead. You're able to heal set free and deliver. And we believe you that you're able to do all these things. There is only one thing that you cannot do, and that is fail. The scriptures cannot be broken. So Father, we pray now in the name of Jesus for the remainder of this evening and even for this week, that you would cause us to look to you, cause us to hunger and thirst after you, that we may be filled with your presence and with your power. In the name of Jesus, God, we give you all praise, all glory, and all honor. It rightfully and soulfully belong to you because you are the only true and living God. We give you all praise, all honor belong to you and to you only. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and for his name's sake, amen and amen.